We believe in functional mental wellness, a holistic approach to mental health. We know that there's hope for those of us who have experienced trauma, even profound trauma, and that's why we created the Universe Is Your Therapist podcast. We believe whether you call it God, the universe, source, unity, or love, that there is something much greater than us that conspires for our good. We envision a world of healing and connection, and we teach you simple but powerful practices that integrate your mind, body, and spirit so that you can come home to your highest self and your truest identity. You are not broken, you are loved, and you can heal. My name is Amy Hoyt, and together with my sister, Lena, we will take you on a journey of healing and self-discovery. Hi, everyone. We're so glad you're joining us today for this podcast. And we are today talking about toxic stress, fasting, and mental health. And with us today is Wendy Eroso, who is a cytologist and studies cells and has lots of really fascinating information about how our cells work in our body and why it's important that we pay attention to cellular health um, as we work on our toxic stress or work on um, healing from trauma. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I would love being here. Oh, it's great to have you. Um, Wendy and I and Amy actually all grew up together and um, it's just been so fun to work on this project with you. Thank you. I agree. I feel the same. Okay. So um, I know that you and I have talked multiple times um, also with Amy about intermittent fasting. And um, I'm going to let you kind of take the lead on this and talk a little bit about how, what you think is a reputable way to learn about it keeping in mind that we are not offering medical advice to anybody. We are sharing information that we've acquired through our learning and reading and studying and feel free to do or not do anything that we're talking about today. Thanks, Wendy. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about intermittent fasting. Uh, Well, one of the principles around intermittent fasting is to sort of cleanse your body from the toxins that are currently in your body. So we are feeding ourselves and putting food into our body all the time. And, and so when we do an intermittent fasting, the first thing is you kind of just help your body clean that out. You don't, by not putting anything else in your body works on metabolizes and flushes out some of the toxins. So when we're not, constantly eating, the body has a chance to kind of get rid of some of the toxins and extra things. Yes. Okay. And so the next part is that, um, of course, one of the things from fasting is that um, it can help when we're getting rid of those toxins and everything, it can help us try to restore our body back into homeostasis or more balance. And a lot of people are kind of afraid of doing intermittent fasting because they think they might get hungry or feel dizzy or have a headache. And that might be true because if your body's um, has a, too much, for example, carbohydrates or sugar stored up and all of a sudden you take it, the sugar away, your body's <laughs> like, wait, it's used to processing this sugar. You have conditioned your body to process sugar. So when it's taken away, it has all this ex- this extra mechanisms for processing sugar that's not there. And that can cause you to kind of have a headache or feel a little 
funny physically, but it's nothing to worry about. Your body will over a short period of time, just tell those mechanisms. We don't need you anymore. Or we don't need you today. And you'll be able to flush them out of your body, but drink water to do that. That will help. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can remember talking to you one time about how um, you were doing a little lengthier um, fast and you said that one thing that you noticed helped you when you had a headache or you weren't feeling well because your body was craving sugar or carbs, that you uh, use some Himalayan salt and water and drink that. Yes. Why, why is that helpful? Well, because um, normally you have your, your, the food you normally eat has electrolytes in it. It has um, things that have positive and negative charges in it. And the water you drink has that as well. But sometimes people that go on fast, try to drink distilled water, which gives them no, nothing charged coming into their body. And so having a little Himalayan salt or some kind of um, electrolyte balance supplement is useful during fasting. I mean, I would say you don't really need it when you're having a regular diet that has those things in it, a food, but when you're fasting, it, you don't really need the electrolytes for a couple of days, but maybe if you're doing three or more days, you might want to start using something like that to make sure and balance. It can be dangerous to fast um, without having electrolytes. You, your body needs to be electrically balanced. Right. And, and I think a lot of people these days are familiar with intermittent fasting um, we would advise that you check with a medical professional before you undertake any lengthy fast at all, which would be more than 24 hours. Um, but um, the intermittent fasting, it, it is, there's so much information about how it can be done. And I remember when you introduced me to Jason Fung's book, he's a Canadian uh, doctor, and he has a book, I can't remember what it's called actually, but it was so good. Yeah, he has a couple of books. One is called The Obesity Code, and that's the first one I read. Mm -hmm. And he's a nephrologist that works with a lot of diabetic patients. So he also has a book called The Diabetes Code, and he has a book called The Cancer Code as well. And he discusses how intermittent fasting can help improve um, those conditions, all of those conditions, uh, diabetes and cancer and anything surrounding uh, sugar imbalances or mm -hmm. weight, those kind of things. And I've got to tell you, um, having the way you explained how intermittent fasting, which can be four hours of fasting or six hours of fasting, mm -hmm. intermittent fasting actually helps our cellular processes in terms of um, flushing out those things that are not necessary in our cell. And I think about how much different advice there is nutritionally and in terms of an eating plan or a diet plan. And it makes so much sense to me that our cells need some absence of food in order to repair and do what they need to do. And I think about, um, I have a cousin who's actually a bodybuilder. And yeah. she's amazing. She just, I think she just won first in the nation in her category or something. Um, wow. And yeah. And she, um, she eats several small meals a day, but that's under the direction of a trainer. And that's mm -hmm. in, for purposes of being able to achieve her, um, her goal as far as bodybuilding. 
I find it hard to intermittent fast. I eat more than two hours <laughs> because I love to eat. And I um, have a really hard time with sugar. And I've noticed that if I can go without it for three days, that it is much easier after that. But those first three days are so hard for me. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I've experienced the sugar headache myself when I've tried to refrain from sugar and also um, from caffeine as well. I've received right. both those. Do you want me to walk through a little bit what happens over a few hours of fasting? Absolutely. That would be so helpful. Okay. So when the first few hours, four to eight hours that you're fasting, your blood sugar drops a little bit and all the foods left your stomach and your body kind of at the end of that time stops producing insulin, which is, it, it can be a good or bad thing depending on your, the state of your health. But for, if you're a little overweight or you, um, you know, have a hormone imbalance, that could be a really good positive thing. Um, so that's why in Jason Fung's book, he discussed don't snack in between meals because what he's, he explains is that there's this curve for sugar where you eat and it goes up and then it needs to come down, right? And if you eat every two hours, it goes up, 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 up. And that would be excellent for someone that you're, your, is it your cousin? cousin that, yeah. Um, yeah, that's training because she's burning all of that. But if you're not, if you're like a regular citizen like me, I'm not burning enough calories or sugars or to, to keep eating every two hours. Yeah. So what happens is your insulin goes up and then it comes back down. And if you extend the amount of time that you eat in between that coming back down and going even under that curve, so it goes up over the curve and comes down. And then when you eat again, it comes back up and that kind of keeps you in balance, right? So continuous eating or eating in short intervals just keeps raising a hormone like insulin, which is not productive for you and it has nowhere to go. The cells are full. So it goes to fat cells and that's what happens. But the next step is that um, after about 12 hours, your body starts generating a little more human growth hormone, which we like because it has anti-aging properties. And um, it's burning and processing all that food still. And then after about, I don't know, 14 to 18 hours, you start having some of your fat burned as energy. If you've been fasting for 14 to 18 hours, because now it's looking for a source for energy and doesn't have one. So it starts turning to the fat. That's the part I like. And then, um, <laughs> so it turns to fat to source energy. So the, yes, fat cells, your body. the fat cells to source the energy after 14 to 18 hours. Right. Because it has no more food left. And okay. but the thing that's catching the most attention right now is it's benefits of something called autophagy. Now autophagy is the body's way of cleaning up damaged cells um, in order to regenerate newer, healthier cells. What happens is our body's supposed to normally have this process uh, going all the time where we have a balance of, we eat something, our cells grow old or die. And then uh, there's a process called autophagy that comes in and eats those cells. And it takes anything that's still working in the cell, like a mitochondria or some kind of organelle. And it 
repurposes it and creates a new cell with those working parts inside. So it's a very efficient system. Or it just gets rid of it. Sorry, I have a question. Except for I just forgot my question. (laughs) Um, Oh, can you please spell out autophagy? Because when you first started talking about it, I, I could... I thought I knew how it was spelled, but I wanted to look it up. And so maybe you could spell it out for our listeners. So if they're interested in learning more about it, they'd know how to look it up. Sure. It's spelled A-U-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y, autophagy. Okay. I feel like it's in a spelling bee just then, autophagy. (laughs) (laughs) I said it afterwards. You are a spelling bee and you won. Thank you. Woo! All right. So this is what I want to talk about because this is a super exciting thing that people want in their life. And what this is, is the process, like I said, to restore and regenerate new cells. Um, and we all want that. It, But it doesn't do that by just cleaning up old cells um, and getting rid of them and throwing them in the trash or having them excreted through our body. It creates new cells to replace them. So this happens around... 18 to 24 hours after um, you have stopped eating, autophagy is able to then uh, kick into place. And the reason is that normally this happens. Also, exercise is a huge, something that hugely increases autophagy and helps it skyrocket. But the reason is because autophagy is a digestive process. So it kind of, whenever, if you keep bringing food into your body, it's not a life necessity process of digestion. So if I start eating, my body's like, oh my gosh, here comes some donuts or hopefully it's not donuts. Here comes an apple or here comes some healthy meal and I have to digest it. So it takes, autophagy takes a back seat to that, to that imperative right. process of, of digesting food. And so it kind of slows down and works minimally. But when you deprive your body of food and there's no more digestion left, your body's completely digested everything between 18 and 24 hours after you're done eating, but closer to 24, most people feel. Then that digestive process can kick in because there's resources for it. It can be used and that cleans up all our own cells. So if we're eating two hours, every two hours, we're eating six times a day, or we're just eating excessive amounts, then we're doing that using old tired cells and it shows on our body. It shows in our wrinkles. It shows in our skin elasticity. It shows in our digestive capabilities. It shows in our thinking processes. And if we're, if we fast and deprive ourselves, autophagy digestion can set in and clean up the old cells. And all of a sudden people are showing in studies are showing that People's wrinkles are being reduced. Those old cells that have been trying to use skin elasticity are gone and they're creating new cells, even at 51 years old, like I am. And Mm -hmm. so that is extremely helpful and valuable for your system. So I love autophagy and also the increase that intermittent fasting does for growth hormone. I'm all about it. I I think it's so interesting how um, autophagy can also help our mental processes and for mental health, um, we want all of our cells to be um, operating efficiently. And you described something a few minutes ago when you're talking about autophagy. And it's almost like 
um, the the autophagic process. I don't know if what, if that's a word, but that process actually then digests old cells and gives um, the body an opportunity to function with new cells. And and I think also about um, how we talk so much in in America about brain fog. And I think there are a ton of things that contribute to brain fog. And I also believe that when we are um, not eating continuously, that that allows for better mental health because our brain is made up of cells and the healthier our cells are, the healthier we will be. So I'm thinking about, um, I hardly ever intermittently fast. And what I mean by that is that I tend to eat whenever and I eat late at night. And so even when I go to sleep and then wake up, I don't have a very long window of fasting. And um, I I know that in like the 10th and 11th, 12th centuries, breakfast used to be called break the fast. Yes. And um, so one of my challenges that I want to work on this month with our um, focus on uh, physiological hydration, mental health, is I want to work on eating um, earlier in the evening and allowing my body the eight hours to repair between my evening meal and my morning meal. And it's hard for me, but I want, really want to give that a whirl because I think it will help me. I think that's a great idea. So to, to, just to let you know, to give a little more incentive for moving to a, a sort of a longer break between meals and the fasting, this autophagy process is supposed to increase by 300% if you get to 36 hours of fasting. Wow. And then if you go 48 hours, let's say you just do a weekend fast, let's say you do that, um, your immune system can can start to reset a little bit and it will decrease your inflammation because the autophagy cells can start working on the inflammation. And when you were talking about brain focus, what happens when you're fasting for so many hours is that maybe around, I think, 18 hours that your ketones start to increase. And when you have ketones in your brain, that helps you focus. So some people feel a little bit of a fog at the beginning of a fast, but if they stick with it just long enough, they can, they can have more focus. Um, so I would say that's a great way to start is to do it overnight. Use what you've got. You already going to go to sleep, stop Mm -hmm. eating at 8am. And in Jason Fung's book, one thing he suggests is maybe skip breakfast, maybe have Mm -hmm. two meals a day. So it doesn't have to be completely all something that alters your life, but maybe there's one or two days a week that you do that or one day a week or you just fast once a month or for one day for 24 hours, any amount of time will give you some health benefits. Mm, Love it. Thank you. Again, I want to reiterate, we are not offering medical advice and we're not offering nutritional advice. We recommend that um, any extended fast be, you consult with your medical professionals. And um, I do recognize that certain medications are to be taken with meals. And so we are not encouraging you to go against any um, kind of instruction on your medications or anything that you have 
been told by your doctor. Please consult with your medical team if you decide you want to try some of the longer fasting and make sure that it's right for your body at this time. Wendy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I love hearing all the things that you learn through your reading and um, all the information you have about our cells. If this is interesting to you, this is some of the stuff that we work on and talk about in our uh, program, The Whole Health Lab, where we address toxic stress and trauma. And you can find us at www.mendingtrauma.com. We um, encourage you to continue making small steps and improving the health of your body and mind in small increments as you go along on your journey. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to go deeper on this subject or any other subjects we've covered in the podcast, we are so excited to be launching our signature membership program at MendingTrauma.com. This is a trauma-informed mental health membership where we combine clinically effective practices, courses, and mentoring while putting you in the driver's seat. We teach you how to heal your trauma with the latest research combining mind, body, and spirit. We want to walk you through a healing journey while also empowering you. If you have felt this episode is helpful, we would absolutely love if you would go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your pods and give us a review. We'd also love it if you would share it with someone you think it might help. Tag us on social media at mendingtrauma.com or at Amy Hoyt PhD. We would love to reshare. And also, if there's anything we can do to help, we would love to hear from you. Email info at mendingtrauma.com. Give us your suggestions or topics you want to hear about. We would absolutely love to be of more service to you. We're so excited because we have so many good episodes coming up in season two, and we can't wait to go on this journey with you.